Hello, my name is Eniola and I am the creator of Anything I Want. Welcome to Soul Family. The structure for each episode will be I give questions to each individual based on whatever my intuition felt called to ask them. I then will send it to them or maybe they're with me and they respond to the question and then I will then respond to their response and then we will go through that in different intervals for about like so far it's been six questions it's going to differ we'll see it's all based on intuition but I do hope that you enjoy what comes out of our souls all right I'm so excited to announce this week's soul family episode it is the first of many to come Today I have a special episode where I will be interviewing Kelly Garrett. Kelly Garrett is a lovely soul that the universe has brought into my orbit and I will be talking to them about whatever questions my intuition felt guided to ask them. So Kelly is a freelance designer and She will be an active participant in anything I want. I have been working with her just to create some new visuals. I've always wanted to add something new to anything I want. It's always been about highlighting other people and not just being all about me, but really about uplifting the collective in whatever way that manifests. And this is one of the ways that it's manifesting. And so as the first official member of the Anything I Want creative family, soul family, well, I've had many soul family members in all of the episodes, but you know what I mean um, with this new chapter, Kelly will be my first interviewee in this series. So let's get into this conversation. As I breathe in, I open myself up to spirit and intuition. As I breathe out, I release any fear and judgment. 1. What does it mean for you to create? As I breathe in, I open myself up to spirit and intuition. As I breathe out, I release any fear and judgment. Um, Creating to me is less about making a something and more about what caused that urge to make and what it feels like to make. So it's a positive, or I guess it's also a negative, just strong reaction. And because of that, when I haven't created for an extended amount of time, I feel really flat and just not good. I'd like to start off by saying that I love that you have um, repeat the affirmation before every question. I included it in the first one just because I wanted everyone to hear you doing that because I just think that's so sweet. Um, you know, doing that loud like that. Everyone's going to do it differently. Um, I'm not going to add every single one into the audio for everyone who's listening, just so you know. But I just wanted to mention that Kelly did do that. And so sweet. You have a lovely voice, lovely, lovely voice. And in response to your response, I totally resonate. Yes, creation can be a result of a positive or negative experience. And That's the point of it. It expels energy and it can be so therapeutic. And yeah, if I don't create for a while too, I just feel kind of weird. That's why for me growing up, like I didn't realize until I started creating that 
a result of the result of my depression was the fact that I never spent any time creating growing up because I thought that I couldn't and all of that, you know? So yeah, I was flat for so many years, you know, emotionally and just creatively stunted. And, and so now whenever I feel, I feel the same way, like I have to create, it's just a part of the flowing of emotions. Two, where does creation take you? Um, I'm someone who's learning not to let their anxiety be completely intertwined with their to-do list or their calendar. Um, not let it plan my day for me. And when I'm making stuff, I forget about my to-do list and my calendar. And that's always a relief because then you're just focusing on what's right in front of you and being present. And I think... When I'm making stuff is when I am the most present. Yes, I totally agree. Uh, creating can be something that really puts you into a state of timelessness, which is why I believe so strongly that we were, we are here to create. You know, all the universe is is just constant creation, and as humans, we get so lost in the physical world that we forget why we came here spiritually, which is just to create on a different plane of existence and realize that we are timeless as we do that, you know, and that time is an illusion and that all there is is now. Three, if you were told you could never create again, what would you do? If I couldn't create ever again, um, I would, I don't know, I guess I would think about how much time I had contributed of my life thus far to creating stuff, um, and I would probably just try to look at that as a chapter that had a start and an end and was positive and find the next thing that I could do, whether that be um, a new interest. Maybe I could get into the side of myself that's very interested in biology and how the body works. And I think I would just try to look at it as a sign that it's time to start something new and look at it less as an end that is ultimate and can't be replaced with anything because I don't think that that should be how someone leads their life in this short time on this earth because it is short but it's also very long so to have different chapters I think just means that it will be more fruitful. This is a weird reference but I often think about I don't know what kind of person he is other than uh, what I've heard from different podcasts, but James Dyson, the guy who made the vacuums, uh, was bankrupt in his forties and was just engineering all these different trial vacuums in a shed in his backyard. He had 500 some versions that just didn't work. And then he finally hit a sweet spot with, um, the vacuum design and look where he is now. And that was basically if he were to live to be a hundred, it was nearly halfway through his life. And I think that's really beautiful, not having 
any sort of timeline that is stigmatized by what age you are or what you're supposed to accomplish by a certain time or if you're supposed to stay in one thing your whole life. Um, So I think I would think of that as a reminder that our internal clocks are often really invented and contaminated by what we're consuming and and I don't have to be one thing ever. So if I wasn't able to create anymore, I would try to, I would be sad, but I would try to focus very much on the fact that it is an opportunity to try something new and look at the positives of that and not think that it's the end of the world because I am still, hopefully the reason that I can't create anymore isn't um, health related. Hopefully I'm still able to move around and do things, but yeah, I would just look at it as an opportunity to put my energy into something else. What a wholesome response. I really appreciated that story of Dyson. That's a really great example. Yeah, going back to what I said before, like time is an illusion. You know, whatever you think you can't do is up to you. And very sweet of you that you're, you know, thinking about how if I, if for whatever reason, you know, my path creates a barrier where I can't create in the way that I want to, I would just look at other possibilities and explore other passions and other routes, you know. Um, And that question, there is no right or wrong answer to it. It was just a question that my intuition wanted you to answer. And I think you answered it very beautifully and very, you know, insightfully going deep into that scenario and making something beautiful out of it and positive. And I think that at the end of the day, the way I see the world personally is that no matter what you're doing, you are creating. And so, you know, even when we are in a in the lab, there is a part of us that is still creating. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, definitely it is different. You know, there are different forms of creation, different forms of exploration. But yeah, thank you for answering that so wonderfully. Four, do you believe we co-create our reality? Why or why not? I do believe we co-create our reality to some degree. I guess this is kind of a wishy-washy answer. I think that on a more personal level, we do have our own realities, and I think that becomes really prevalent during bouts of anxiety or depression because that's something that everyone experiences but doesn't necessarily understand within each other because they're not in your head. Um... So something could be in your reality just completely devastating or completely stressful and someone could be looking at you while you're experiencing that and just wonder why you're reacting that way, why you're feeling so strongly or not strongly or apathetic or or anything like that. And that's because your response to the scenario at hand is created by you and you're experiencing that by yourself, which doesn't mean that everybody doesn't understand or anything like that, but it doesn't mean that anybody is feeling the same thing as you. So to assume that someone else's day is affected by your reality clarifies that you do have your own reality. And I think that's something that's really powerful um, 
all the different perspectives that people have. Everyone really is their own person as well as being a piece of this big puzzle. I think those differences are important to acknowledge, but also that it's important to acknowledge that we're all this big blob that if you make this decision in this part of the blob, it's going to affect that part of the blob up there. And in that way, I think our realities are co-created. I think this can be seen pretty prominently with how human beings have affected the climate and what needs to happen in order to reverse the damage that that is uh, repairable. Because that's something that as a collective, we did A and it led to B. And so now we need to do C to hopefully get back to before we did A. And I think all of that is action that we create and collect together. My dog wants to sit with me while I do this. Her reality, for example, would, I wonder what it's like. And I think that's a perfect example of realities being so personal, but also so together because she's thinking one thing right now and worrying and wondering why I'm in this room doing this, talking into this microphone. But then as soon as we get to the park, if there's another dog there, their realities are going to be completely intertwined and they're going to run around and they're going to be so happy and then they're going to be so thirsty and tired. And I just think that's really important to think about, um, that there isn't any one, maybe there isn't any one yes or no to that question. Maybe it's that it's something that fluctuates and in order to achieve a sense of balance and, and continue to practice self-awareness, uh, acknowledging when you're in your own reality versus when you're in one where the people, the animals, the plants, the earth around you is, is also involved. I think being able to jump in between and acknowledge both is something that's really important. Um, so I guess ultimately my answer to that question is I think we both co-create and individually create our reality. Thank you so much for your well-thought-out answers and responses to, I guess, answer and response the same thing. <laughs> but thank you so much because I really love the way that you are expressing your thoughts. And I agree, you know, it is important to recognize the reality you are creating, but then recognizing the impact that your reality has on the collective is also a part of the co-creation. And there's an important there's a necessity to find an equal balance between living in your own reality while still recognizing your place in the collective reality we all experience. For example, in myself, like I am dedicated to living a personal reality based in peace. However, I know the collective reality is very much based in chaos a lot of the times, and I cannot ignore the fact that reality exists. However, I still am dedicated to my own mission of living my own reality from a place of peace. And I also believe that every time you do something in your own reality, you create a 
a chain effect that helps other people decide and realize that, oh, wow, wait, it is possible for me to live in a chaotic world, yet be at peace. And in a way, me being at peace radiates peace to other people who then feel peace even in the chaotic world. And then perhaps as we all continue to do that, maybe the world won't be so chaotic anymore. Maybe we all would just become at peace because we are influencing one another, co-creating together every time we create our own inner world. And I love that your dog was there. I love that you brought that into the equation as well. Very beautiful. Five, what does love mean to you? I think love is a synonym for family. And I think I've only recently started to understand that family can mean more than just your immediate family. Um, kind of like how we create our own reality within the collective reality. I think we create our own family within the collective family, if that makes sense. I think love is equal to family and family is equal to thinking about that person before yourself, whether that be a friend, whether that be a partner, whether that be your mom, your dad, brother, sister, whatever it is, that person takes precedence over yourself. And I think that replacement of focus on another person is really beautiful and powerful and I I don't mean to say you should care less about yourself in order to quantify an amount of love for another person because I don't think you can actually feel that way authentically about another person until you do feel that way about yourself and understand yourself a little more. To me, love is family and Family can mean a number of things, but the comfort of sitting in silence with someone um, where the quiet isn't super loud at all and you're not worried about filling the air, I think those people are a good litmus test for the people that you might love. Yeah, love really does manifest in different ways for all of us, and it is such a unique thing. I especially love what you said about realizing that family extends beyond the people that you were born, you know, around, which is the whole idea of soul family. And um, also the whole thing with silence. I always, I just have like this rule where if I can't sit with you in silence, then you don't really know what it is. Like you don't have the patience to know me. You know, there's sometimes where I meet up with people and like, I just got there and there's just a part of me that's like, honestly, can you just give me five to 10 minutes where we just talk, like we just walk in silence or yeah, where we just talk in silence because you are still communicating even when you're not using words. And I find that the people that I've had the closest relationships with are people where like there's no issue in that whatsoever. They're like, silence, you got it. I'm, I'm not upset about it. And in fact, I appreciate your ability to just like straight up ask for that. And low key, that's what I wanted too, <laughs> for a second. And then the conversation flows naturally at its own time. And, and then there's just so much love that builds up in that space of stillness between the two of you or the group of you, whatever it looks like. But yeah, love is 
quite a beautiful thing. Thank you for explaining, you know, how you see it at this point in your life because it's always changing too, our perceptions of it. And yes, definitely the more love that you're able to cultivate for yourself, the more you can, you know, bring out into the world. You can't be giving to others from an empty cup. You have to fill up your cup, watch it overflow and flow into the cups of the cups of others. And that is true love. Six. Want is often called a state of lack. Desire is often referred to as a will that is likely to be fulfilled. What is something you want that you are turning into desire? A want that I have that I'm trying to turn into desire. Leaving the city at some point. I think sometimes when people move here from elsewhere to... I'm in Brooklyn right now. Um, they feel some self-fulfilling prophecy of, of I must do this, 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 and this before I leave willingly. I don't want to be like running away from here with my tail between my legs. And I think I'm only recently understanding within myself that a place is a place is a place. And it's how you are in that place that matters more than the place itself, I think. And I, especially with quarantine and everything, have been thinking so much more about being somewhere where I can grow my own food and my dog that I got during quarantine can run around and not worry about stepping on glass or whatever other odds and ends you find are on the ground around here. And just the chance to breathe a little bit financially and not be only thinking about money because I feel like that ends up being the case for younger people here is you get so focused on how you can make money that you lose the reasoning that puts you here and the the drive to create because if you create, create, create just as something that you'll be compensated for, I think you lose the desire the want you lose that desire to make stuff for yourself or make stuff just to react to something or in your downtime when you could be doing that you feel like you should be doing something productive and I think that's a product of living in a fast-paced place <laughs> that was hard to say and that's fine I mean I think that works really well for for people to keep them motivated but I think I'm leaning towards slowing down a little bit and being okay and comfortable with that, especially with how fast everything's changing, it might feel balancing for me to slow down a little bit in another another something, another city, another, I don't know, cabin in the woods, something, just to reset a little bit. And before that was just something that I would think of on a whim and then I would get back into the hamster wheel and keep running but now I'm seeing it more as a viable option especially with my financial situation and just where I'm at um with my career I think it is almost a great opportunity to begin transitioning to a different but similar different lifestyle where I'm still creating and I'm still seeing my friends and family and collaborating as much as I can with whoever is open to to doing that and um, maybe just somewhere with more trees. So I think I want more trees and that's something that 
can continue to grow into a desire and then hopefully I will be around more trees at some point in the future. I agree. Living in New York City can be intense. And for the longest time, that's why I wanted to run away from this place because I was like, I came here to make things happen, but I just feel so overwhelmed and confused and everyone is just doing, doing, doing. And I I don't see, like, where does the joy come in? Which is why I started Anything I Want because I want to create a company that really brings joy into the creative process and is more about the person and all of that. Um, and yeah, you know, being in the city can be a lot. I totally agree with you where I too, especially like with the quarantine and everything, and I've been visiting some friends in places that are more based in nature. Like I went to Tahoe to visit a good friend of mine. I went to uh, upstate New York to visit, you know, my another friend of mine and, and just being around trees and nature and flowers. And it just brought me so much peace and joy. And I just know in my heart that I'm going to continue to move from one nature dense place to another, which is why I left Manhattan and came to Brooklyn. And now I have my eyes set on other places in the city that are even more close to nature. And I cannot wait to manifest that into something tangible just so I can have that really nice flow between working, collaborating with people, but then being able to go home and be surrounded by trees and flowers and and water and things like that, like the natural substances that makes us feel very alive and uh, connected to the earth, which is the home that we have created for our physical reality. And yeah, at the end of the day, you know, I think that it is our place to make the changes necessary so that future generations can have these things like the fact that we have these desires in our hearts it's not a futile desire it's because we can make it reality and we will i am so dedicated to the vision that we will and i know that there are so many other people who feel that too such as yourself and so i'm just so excited to see where we go with it all all right i want to say thank you so much kelly for being my first person in this series i cannot wait to see all the other amazing beings that i get to speak to talk to collaborate with i'm so excited to see where anything i want goes and i know in my heart that it would not be anywhere close to as amazing as i know it's going to be without any of the people who are listening working with me collaborating with me like everyone is all just so special to me and even if i've never met you thank you for listening you know and you yeah like i love you all so much words can i even begin to describe how much love i have for you and uh yeah that's really all that i have to say for now thank you kelly thank you everyone for listening i appreciate you all much love from one of you to another you are god and everyone and everything else is too heaven is a state of mind you already live there you might as well bring it into this reality too 